welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. Thank you so much for joining me today as we come to the end of 2021. And what a crazy year this has been. I don't think most of us expected we'd still be dealing with the pandemic that started last year and the pain and loss it has brought to so many. I think that a lot of people find themselves anxious for this year to end, hoping that somehow turning the page on the calendar might bring better days. But for many bereaved parents, bringing in a new year is something to be dreaded. I know I was very surprised by that the first year after Hannah went to heaven. For some people, there may be a sense of relief that a painful year is coming to an end, but for most, the thought of facing their first, or yet another, whole year without a precious child can be incredibly difficult. I've never been much of a New Year's resolutions kind of person, but several years ago, I put together a list of 10 resolutions for myself that I like to review each year about this time. In fact, last year about this time, I recorded these same 10 resolutions in a podcast, but I just felt like it was important to do it again, um, mainly to remind myself of these things, and hopefully they'll be helpful to you as well. Keep in mind that this is my list. Everyone's grief is different, so yours might be different. But maybe there's something on this list that will be helpful to you. Number one, I resolve to be patient with myself. Grief takes time, much more time than I ever realized before Hannah left for heaven. I will give myself all the time I need and not try to rush it, even though others may try to rush me along. I'll be gentle and kind to myself and to the fellow grievers in my household. Number two, I resolve to extend grace to those who inadvertently add to my pain by making well-meaning but inappropriate comments. And I refuse to replay those hurtful words over and over in my mind, thinking about all the things I could have or should have said that would have put them in their place. I will remember that I, too, have said unintentionally hurtful things in my own clumsy attempts to comfort others. Number three, I resolve to extend grace to those who avoid me or who are clearly uncomfortable talking to me about my child. They're just afraid. They don't want to add to my pain, so it's easier just to steer clear of me. I will remember that I have been that person, too. Number four, I resolve to help others understand what I need from them. I have a tendency to think that others can read my mind, but of course they can't. How can others possibly know what we're thinking unless we tell them? If I need to talk about my child, I'll explain to them that it helps me to talk about her, even if it does make me cry. If I need to be alone for a while, I'll ask them to respect my solitude. If I just don't have the energy for chit-chat and smiles, I'll explain to them why. If I need to celebrate holidays in a different way, I'll discuss it with them ahead of time. And if I don't know what I need, which happens a lot, I'll even tell them that. Number five, I resolve to find some joy in every day. There's a big difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is dependent upon circumstances, and as we know, happiness can be pretty scarce sometimes. But joy is God-given, a gift of the Spirit, actually. And it is possible to still have joy, even in the worst of circumstances. And it doesn't have to come from big things. It can be found in little things. 
dew on a spider web, the sight of your pet greeting you at your doorway, the sparkle of sunshine on the water, the feeling of pulling on a pair of new warm socks on a cold day. I resolve to look for and appreciate those things this year. Number six, I resolved to be grateful for the 17 and a half years I had with Hannah. I would absolutely rather have had her and lost her than to never have had her in my life at all. And when I consider the fact that I haven't really lost her, but in fact, I'll spend eternity with her, the gratitude just overflows. Number seven, I resolve to look forward to the future and not spend time agonizing over the if-onlys. It's oh so tempting to do that, isn't it? These things are in the past, they cannot be changed, and it is not a good use of my time and energy to be consumed by them. These thoughts draw me away from doing the things God wants me to be doing today, which is just what the enemy of my soul wants. And I believe that it dishonors both my child and my Lord when I remain stuck in the past and refuse to move forward. Number eight, I resolve to recognize and rebuff the attacks of Satan. He knows that I'm vulnerable as a grieving parent, and he would like nothing more than to destroy my witness and to tear my family apart. He wants me to believe his lies, that I'm somehow responsible for my child's death, that God is punishing me for some sin, that if only I had had more faith or if I had prayed more, my child would still be here today. I refuse to allow Satan to have a foothold in my life. Number nine, I resolve to depend upon what I know to be true about God and not what my feelings are telling me. So much of the time, my feelings and emotions are completely out of control and unpredictable. I can laugh and cry and be angry and happy all at the same time. I can be fine one minute and sobbing the next. And I may not even know what triggered the meltdown. My feelings will lie to me, but God's Word always tells me the truth. To keep this resolution, I must spend time with Him and be intentional in prayer and Bible study. Number 10. I resolve to remember that I can do none of these things on my own. I have no power within myself to keep even one of these resolutions. It helps to talk to other moms and dads who understand what it's like to miss your child so desperately. It's great to know that I'm not alone in this thing, that I'm not the only one who struggles with these things. But even more than having the support of other bereaved parents, it's critical that I lean on my Heavenly Father for strength because it is only in Him that I can find the strength to keep these resolutions. 2 Corinthians 12, 9-11 says, And He has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So that's just a reminder that even though we don't have the strength to do these resolutions or to keep these resolutions on our own, His grace is sufficient and His power is perfect in our weakness. Let me wrap up this episode by saying I hope that some of you might consider making a New Year's resolution to attend a while we're waiting weekend retreat this year. 
These are amazing events where you can get connected with other moms and dads who understand the grief of losing a child, yet share the hope we have in Jesus Christ. We currently host retreats in several states, Arkansas, Alabama, Arizona, Oregon, Maryland, Illinois, Tennessee, Nevada, Minnesota, and California, and we're adding new locations all the time. And the best part is there is no charge to attend any of our events. You can find out all about our retreats by visiting our website at www.whilewe'rewaiting.org and clicking on the Locations tab. And don't be discouraged if you look on our website and see lots of waiting lists. Go ahead and register. We can quite often get people in sooner than they think, but we need to have you on the list to do that. We would love to meet you at a retreat sometime in 2022. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We hope it brought you some comfort and encouragement today and maybe made you feel a little less alone on the journey. Please subscribe so you'll never miss an episode and and maybe leave us a rating in iTunes to help others find the podcast. Again, we're glad you spent a few minutes with us today. It's a blessing to walk beside you as we seek to live well while we're waiting.